new for 96 with your hosts Kevin McCauley and Chris Nguyen. What color is the interior on that? It's gray cloth. Mm. It has oh, the like oh the script the scripting yeah, that's this, cool. I wow, so, you know I think so it's specific. cool I think it's very cool that it's imprinted but also at the same time it's like super tacky but like in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't quite understand. We're already recording, aren't we? We are. Fuck. Oh, God. Yeah. Well. Oh, I can't say fuck because I saw the clean lyrics badge. Okay. Oh, okay. I can change your that. podcast. Yeah. There goes our sponsors, which are <laughs> the two of us. So we've abandoned this officially. Well, should we start this? Mm. Do we have to? All right. Okay. Okay. Well, hi, Kevin. Hello, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Daniel. I don't talk yet oh god sorry all right restart the recording (laughs) nope sorry we're rolling okay what is what is this title it's hard to say oh god we're are we going to introduce this to what (laughs) yeah i want to i want us to say the title and get this over with so we can talk to our guests okay fine oh well welcome to new for 96 nailed it uh uh, I just want to jump right in and say we have a real treat here today. We have a full container of these pretzels, my favorite <laughs> snack in the world, peanut butter filled pretzels. I purchased a crate from Costco yeah, earlier. So look forward to the crunching or yeah. listen forward, as it were. <laughs> um, 120 pounds worth. Actually, no, we have Daniel Sloan with us, which you saw in the title, possibly. And he is one of our very close friends, both of us. Uh, a talented and creative photographer, a great driver, and I hate to throw around this slur, an avid BMW enthusiast. We've <laughs> He and I have driven on road trips, and I calculated how many miles and came out to exactly 7,007. So wow. it's a Hellcat yeah. of distance together. It's like a limo, yeah. a limo Hellcat. Mm-hmm. Daniel, exactly, exactly. Daniel also wheelbarrowed my near lifeless body from the top of Pike's Peak when... I suffered from, what did you suffer from? Altitude sickness. Altitude sickness. You said it was fatigue when you went to rehab. If I'm honest, it was just a lot of alcohol. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, when isn't it? Um, but yes, welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks I'm... for flying all the way down. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to over-talk you <laughs> the entire time. Uh, but Daniel, uh, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Well, first of all, I'm honored to take part in this podcast, and as an avid laughing. listener through the first four episodes, you've been I, there from the beginning. I've yeah. been there from the beginning. I never thought I would have the chance to actually join. <laughs> we just tricked him. We you. told him there was pizza, and then we surprised him with the podcast. Um, so I I really look forward to this. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon, best coast, west coast, best coast. Mm-hmm. For our West Coast listeners out there, um, I, as Kevin mentioned, I'm an avid BMW <laughs> enthusiast. Um, I have a an LCI E46 M3 Cabriolet nice. six-speed manual, not SMG, that I've had for six years now. Yeah, almost to the day, actually. How many miles? It has 145,000 miles okay. on it now. I've put 85 of those on. That's it. great. And you've been everywhere with this thing. I've driven it back and forth across most of the country a few times and up and down the West Coast a few times. And I put winter tires on it in the winter so I can 
continue doing that in any season? Yeah, it uh, like half of the national parks that I've been to in the U.S. I've been to with Daniel in his M3, um, including Crater Lake in the middle of January uh, on snow tires. With the, we were, we had the top down, um, and I just think it's so cool what Daniel does because it's not about what you drive; it's what you do with the car and using it. And he drives them, and and uh, it's just cool. I may have a small branch, but it's at, like car enthusiasts have such a hypocrisy with like, you know, it, it, we want everyone to get out and drive, but then it's like, ooh, I'm going to lust and pay twice as much for this 19,000 mile car on Bring a Trailer yeah. from 2004. And it's like... I, I want to say that we're living in a different time now, too, though, where, like, we really appreciate, like, a driver, as in, like, the car that is classified as a driver. Like, looking at, I'm really fascinated by 500,000-mile, like, Land Cruisers or, like, 911 SCs with, like, 300,000 miles on them. Like, like that fake one. <laughs> like that fake one, for that matter. <laughs> like, uh, but, like, it's so, f that then becomes a feature, the mileage, which is so cool. Like, and... I would be interested in buying that. Obviously not for like a premium, but like that is a badge of honor. Like, uh, and especially on an enthusiast oriented car, maybe not, I mean, even a Land Cruiser to be quite honest, like just that, you know, that that car has been on adventures, like whatever they mm -hmm. might have been. Uh, and I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is also kind of like a generational blindness in that. Like I'm thinking that now is when we're really appreciating, uh, cars that are being used uh, as they were meant to be used, and then some. Uh, and so, you know, like, with all of our cars, like, you bought your 911 SC with the hopes of using it until the wheels fall off, like, basically, and then you just put them right back on and keep and going. The same with my Toyota Prius. Yes. <laughs> Package 8. Yeah. And my E91 BMW wagon, I'm hoping to be the same way. I think I'm going to keep it for a really long time. Like, it has low-ish uh, mileage now, and I'm hoping to keep it. I mean, it's a car that I've always wanted, and it is built for adventure in a way. And I, your E46, Daniel, is that. It has been that for you. Like, And you've also purchased perhaps a couple of other adventure cars, although I don't know what you classify them as. Sure. Um, well, I, I just want to reiterate first that I plan to never ever ever sell this m3 and it's been a goal throughout the ownership to take it places where most people don't take m3s you know yeah. most people don't put snow tires on an m3 most people even with the convertibles they'll like put a hard top on it and sometimes never take it off so what's the point of buying <laughs> buying the m3 that weighs 500 extra pounds if you're not going to use the convertible. They should have waited to the M4. Exactly. Yeah. Get a convertible yeah. that weighs a thousand extra pounds. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can put the hard top on and really live that lifestyle. Right. So, um, so my eventually, I'd like to drive to Alaska in it. Not in the winter because that's probably impossible. But at least you know reach the extremes of the continent yeah. and just man, that would be a yeah. trip. Yeah. I mean, and we've all seen that. Uh, Z3M coupe yes. that did that trip to the Northwest was, Territories, yeah. I uh, believe. And it, the pictures are just so like romantic, like just this right. dirty, muddy, 
Z3M with like a missing mirror and a dent and mm-hmm. like it it just looks so cool and even though I probably would never ever make a trip like that myself just because of how long it would take but uh but it does sound your frailness demonstrated at pike's peak (laughs) yes 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 uh but it does seem amazing it looks like there i had like in my head there's a 911 sc uh for sale in anchorage really well priced and it's still for sale it's been for sale for months now likely because it's, we can go get it for you. Well, this Daniel is the can't thing. fit in the car, but we'll saw <laughs> yeah. we'll saws all the would firewall. You like to saws all my legs. Off. Yeah, would you like to oh, go? That would be easier and protect the car. Yeah, let's do what he said. Okay, I'm gonna send you guys up there to pick up a 35 year old car with unknown maintenance Sounds and drive weird. it down like the most remote areas of North America. <laughs> we'll be sure to not put diesel in it. Please on the <laughs> drive it slowly and carefully. Don't forget the 993. That was oh, for yeah. sale yeah. in, yeah. in so LA, cool. right? Yeah, my the one and only time I've ever been quoted in Jalopnik was when I like made a stupid tweet about that one Craigslist um, ad for this nine nine three. It all it had, the ad was was um, driving to Alaska, put three thousand mi- uh, three thousand dollars into maintenance, like gonna drive back afterwards. Cars for sale, like uh, after I'm done with the trip, and he you know it's well priced and it was really high mileage, like. 180,000 or something like that and uh yeah like i mean the guy and he took pictures and he kept updating the ad with like new pictures (laughs) and it looked amazing and he so do you think that was always the plan or do you think something he was triggered by something during the the trip that caused him to suddenly want to sell the car yeah right i mean likely who knows uh i like, I think in the comments section of the Jalopnik post, um, like, one of his friends chimed in and was like, oh, yeah, I went on, I'm on that trip with him, like, currently, or something like that. Yeah, there was, like, another Porsche, right? It, it was either a Long Hood or... It was a G model. Maybe it was a G model, and that car did not make it. Like, <laughs> they had to stop and either turn around or get towed back. Mm. And, yep. <laughs> So, uh, triple A ultra, ultra, ultra platinum. Yep, yep. Where are you now? You say, <laughs> yeah. so I need uh, a 3200 mile tow. Yep. Um, but yeah, the 993, I mean, is as they say, a the most robust air cooled you can buy in theory. They don't all say that. Somebody says that. Hmm. Hey, did you see there was a there was a 930 mm-hmm. 911 turbo that had like 750,000 miles on it or something. I did not that see was that. A Porsche, it was like a guy, I think he was an architect, mm-hmm. I want to say in like Vancouver yeah. or something, and he drove it all the time and probably has rebuilt the engine 750 times. Yep. And, um, but yeah, it was really interesting. I think Porsche made a Once video. for each thousand miles. That's yep. exactly. <laughs> That's the interval. Knows, this guy knows math. You've read it, the manual. It, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, Porsche made a video about it last year, I think. Okay. And it was I didn't read that, but. Because it's like, yeah. That's like, interesting. Yeah. I've never heard That's of a so 930 cool. with much more than 100,000 miles. No. So it's like 750. It's like, well, oh, that makes it instantly cooler than a 200,000 mile car. Yeah. And then there are the, uh, I mean. Outside of the air, air-cooled world, the 996 turbos, like, there were two that were for sale um, recently. One, Both had 500,000 miles on them. Wow. Yeah. And that's, like, I, I mean, like, I will unscientifically say, like, Metzger, like, that's, like, that's just, like, the 
uh, reliability of those engines. So now, that, that interior wasn't great at 500 miles. What's the, what do you think it's like at 500? <laughs> yeah, no, just dust. Nothing yeah. but dust uh, at that but point. But gooey dust. It's, yeah. it's sticky to the touch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have yet to see like a, an M96, like a, from a 996, uh, go that far. Although they can go far, though. I mean, like there are plenty with like 200,000 miles on them. I mm. haven't seen many, at least on forums or classified ads but i mean that's still pretty good ims or not like that's pretty good if it's well maintained just like any car and we were just talking about like the million mile lexus too and we want like do you think that any car could just go to a million miles given the right maintenance i mean i mean if you mean if you're talking rebuilds and replacing half of the car i think yes yeah basically (laughs) i think that is the story of that and Uh, the qualifier is so long as it's the same block good as new good as as new you don't know this uh audience but like our audio cut out for a little while there and so we're trying to pick up pick up right where we left off and so kevin naturally the actor that he is Mm -hmm. Uh, has done such a nice transition that we'll just transition to a completely new topic. Yeah, that would be... Yeah, so we were talking about the... um, Just what qualifies uh, as, like, these longevity cars. Um, Like, you have the Million Mile Lexus, which has not been rebuilt. It's just been maintained. A lot of stuff has been... I don't think it's been maintained. But, yeah, it hasn't really been... It it basically has been kept alive. Uh, whatever that yes. might mean. Yes. Uh, and so it hasn't been rebuilt. Like the engine is. This has never been opened. It's had a yeah. transmission rebuild, and it probably needs another. Yeah. And the differential is like not connected to anything. That's really impressive, though. That one trans rebuild in yeah. nine hundred thousand miles. Seriously. Uh, so because we talk about air cooled Porsches, and like I, you know, we look for cars that need have rebuilds done otherwise you're looking forward to like at 100,000 120 maybe if you're lucky 150 uh and this lexus has gone like 900,000 miles uh with no with a few trans rebuilds and then like no engine rebuild that's insane um but there are two different driving experiences i guess so (laughs) as that goes anyways um uh daniel what are the other adventure cars that you... Oh. You were talking about this, and we kind of diverted yeah, no for problem. a second. Um, and you live in a city that has public transportation, unlike yeah. us. So <laughs> all of your cars can be adventure cars, yeah. and all of your intercity travel is other ways, and in, walking and Indeed, things. yes. I am also very lucky to work from home, mm-hmm. so I don't have a commute, but I did commute for a few years in the M3, and it was totally fine. Um, I also work from home and I somehow have driven 3,000 miles in the last month and a half without any without like, special trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, in March, I, uh, well, one pro tip, if, if I may, don't buy a car in the middle of also buying a house because apparently banks don't like that. No. <laughs> but I purchased a 99 BMW E38 740i Sport. That's the sporty shorty. Yeah. Oh, that's what I call yeah. it. And it's... That's a good car. It's special because not only does it have the short wheelbase, so the proportions are a little nicer, it has the M Parallel Sport wheels <gasps> yes. that we all know and love. That every 7 Series should have. 
Indeed. And it's also the mid LCI. I was going to say it's oh mid LCI. It's right God. on the cusp. It's, it's mid LCI. So it, yeah. if you know, know anything about correctly, by the way, what? It wasn't an LCI at that point, was it? Well, officially. Who knows? Right. We've been asked by no one to explain our usage of LCI, but continue. Yeah. It's we'll we'll touch everything. on it. We'll touch yeah. on it in a yeah. moment. So the E38 was, at least in the U.S., was available from 95 to Remember when BMW 01. had E names for chassis and <laughs> cars were mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. And, and they such. seemed to have plenty left, and then suddenly they just <laughs> ran out of, <laughs> of E numbers, yep. right? Um, that's one. Yeah, once they started doing a different E I number. I can't hear you. We're up to G now. <laughs> We're up, I was going to say, they've run out of Fs now, too. Yeah. <laughs> as we have as well for BMW. Once, once every number of door and wagon or not variation yeah, they used got that, its own number. They used they that up real numbers. quick. Um, no, but anyway, the, the 99, and not even all of 99, but the 99 that I have is mid-facelift or LCI life cycle impulse. Yes. Sometimes it definitely seems like BMW impulsively changed yeah. the Whoa. styling of yeah. the car. Can we actually confirm when they started using can LCI? Add, can we add a lap track there? Yeah. I, yeah. I use LCI for everything. He does. I, and use, I do too now. Yeah, well. yeah. When I got better toilet paper at the house, you said like your LCI toilet paper is... Fantastic. It was a market improvement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, oh, man, I, that generation, I mean, everyone loves that generation. Like, it is the last. I will say that the Bengal um, 7 Series has grown more on me, but it compares none to uh, your gen. And I remember seeing it in 95, and I even kind of liked the uh, 95. I So it was 95 till when did they update it? So in... 90, I'm not sure of the exact production month, but um, they, you know, from the first few years, they had the the black trim, the black side skirts Mm -hmm. and front lip and rear bumper Mm -hmm. color. Um, And also the headlights were basically perfect rectangles. Yeah. And then in 99... The model I have, it retains the black side skirts and front lip. And, but it has little notches. But it has the curved scoops. Yeah. To look like an E46, to, basically. Which, to mirror yeah, the you, E46. If you think of an E46 which is just yeah. um, that's that's the update they made. So yeah. I really like but it. Don't say update. I'm sorry, the <laughs> LCI yes, they made. there you go. So I really like it because it has the, it very much has the 90s look to it. It has yeah. the amber corner lights. It has the, the, I mean, for whatever reason, BMW for most of the 90s was using a very dark gray side skirt yeah. on many and, models. And, and it's like anthracite? Is that the color? The color is anthracite. And the interior? It's a really yeah, good color. And the interior is black. Okay. So it's a, probably a my favorite color combo. I actually used to own an E39 530i Sport manual. Mm-hmm. With the same color combo, you should have uh, kept that one. I should have, and yeah. I regret selling it. But that's that's a story for yeah. now got another luxury. episode, episode six. Yeah. yeah, now you've got this greater luxury. So, how do you? What do you feel about? So, you've had this car for a few months now, and I'm sure you know. And we seem to be 
parallel but in different universes as far in parallel if you will um in our purchases in that like uh we both had kind of sport oriented cars and then as daily drivers and then we bought uh kind of wafty luxury cruisers old ones at that well, mine and, Prius is a package eight, so yeah, yes. I would consider that. A so yeah, Prius. yeah, Kevin is chiming in with his parallel as well. Yeah, uh, his is a nightmare universe, but <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and then, like, then I bought a wagon, but prior to that, you bought um, a, another car similar to that, at least in usage, the Land Rover. That was not prior to the seven series. Oh no 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 no! Prior, no, to, no, prior his, to my car. Oh yes yeah, yes yes. Yeah. Prior to your. You were basically you bought a car and then I bought a car and then. That's right. We're trading car purchases. Yeah. Yes, prior Which to you and your, I had done the month previous. Yeah. <laughs> prior to your E ninety one LCI, I purchased. Can I talk about LCIs for a second? Because I feel like people don't <laughs> I, really. I, just, I explained it a second ago. He you did. S- you said words. No. But you didn't have the fiery passion that I have. So. Please, LCI, the horse. Yeah, it's well, dead. No, <laughs> no. Chris uses the term seriously. The issue, no, the issue is that the life cycle impulse is the horrible, cynical marketing speak. Camel case, capital M, one word speak, capital. The marketing speak term that BMW uses, and Chris uses this willingly. He just goes along with this charade. Yes, and what a charade. Yes, it? and you you give in to this. It's the whole, official, yes. we use official no. manufacturer nomenclature no. all the time. No, no, that's stupid. Audi technically wants people to spell quattro as all lowercase. Yeah. And I say, hey, it's a proper noun. So we, no, I'm going to sell it spell as a proper noun. And we say point two all the time for like, Porsche. But that makes sense. That's different. And we also say Porsche. Yeah, we do. We Porsche. Say, we say fucks, right? For the wheels. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Please bleep that. The LCI is the point two equivalent mm-hmm. for right. BMW. Right. Point but two is I, better than LCI. But I, so I use LCI to mean anything. Daniel and I frequently talk about and, the Camaro and LCI. I have adopted that as well because mm-hmm. I am a cynical person yeah and as much as i love bmws i also am averse to their oh heavy-handed marketing techniques Mm, i suppose yeah so i like repurposing terms like lci for things that don't apply and it upsets chris it doesn't upset me it doesn't upset me it's fine it's just that sometimes i don't know what you're talking about no you do well like when you're like my lci wife i'm like does that mean your new wife she had some work done well there you go (laughs) i guess i understand perfectly fine yeah so if if i may return to the original question yes i also i also purchased a Land Rover LR3 2005 yeah. model year, which is pre-LCI. Oh. And not only that, at the time, I believe BMW was owned by... I'm sorry, Land, Land Rover, Rover yeah. the Rover brand as a whole, and mm-hmm. Land Rover was owned by BMW. Yeah, but, I think that's right. Um, I somehow didn't know that until a couple days ago. When- I thought that was an... Um- purpose thing that you did just to have like a stable of bmws (laughs) (laughs) me too what is the engine in that but the engine the engine in that it's a jaguar Mm. v8 so the five four Four liter four Four it's four no four liter it's an lr3 three liter yeah there you go (laughs) numbers mean things folks yeah they do 
I should know this and I don't remember because I just bought, I literally bought the LR3 and the next day I went out of town for three weeks yep. and I'm still on that trip. Hey, oh, well, yeah. So I have not actually driven the, <laughs> the vehicle that I bought. It's like I always say, it can't break down if you're not driving it. Yeah, that's yes, true. That's true. And the it's air British... suspension can only sag while it's yeah, sitting in the Yeah, it's garage. a British German <laughs> car. Oh my God, that's right. It has uh, air suspension, which I've just learned of the... Uh, joys i don't know of owning air suspension because the celsius has right. original uh 25 year old air suspension and as it turns out uh it's really fragile that's uh, when i think if you think about it even airbags in the steering wheel yeah. were a new concept then yeah. so and those to, have to be replaced yeah. every seven years yeah yes. uh, yeah and so to support an entire vehicle yeah. on airbags my is, just a recipe for disaster. Twenty-five-year-old airbag in the Celsius is just filled with spiders now. <laughs> so I don't look forward to that accident. Uh, but yeah, I walked out as many Land Rover owners have walked out to see their cars slightly kneeling, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, it's annoying. I have never seen junk pile up in this house or any kind of like unopened box just sit in one place for. Six weeks. If you have a box for a Celsius slash LS400 yes. strut, yes. this must be causing you so much stress. Not that it's sitting there, but it's yeah. like you can't do anything with it. And... No. It, uh, so he's speaking to the OCD nature with which I keep uh, the condition of my home. But there's one errant piece, which is a cardboard box sitting by my door, which is a, an air strut. Uh, that I bought off of eBay, and I haven't had a chance to put it anywhere. Of questionable quality. In the car, for that matter. Yeah, of questionable quality. Okay, so the story is that, like, the guy said on eBay that the car, the donor car, had 180,000 miles on it. But there's no way that an air strut will last 180,000 miles, so I assumed that this is a replacement part. Uh, and then the dealer that I bought the Celsius from just had some takeoffs from a car they just sold. Uh, a set of three struts. I think I'm going to buy them just to have as just like... backups. Just backups. Because I should just do a cheaper coilover conversion, but I don't want no, to. No, I want no. to keep this you car like... keep it original. Yeah, yeah. I want to keep it original. I'm the only person that ever wants to keep like this, basically an LS400 original. But So I'm going <laughs> to keep the, the uncomfortable air struts. Like a, a modern Camry is more comfortable than this car but um no i mean yes i'm gonna do it i'm yeah. gonna do it and we'll see what happens That's, yeah and with with my land rover which this was the first uh the lr3 or discovery 3 which is what they call it outside the u.s because the discovery name in the u.s had such a terrible <laughs> reputation <laughs> uh, it's awesome infamous the it was the and i'm not an expert yet on the the rovers as a whole but yeah. Certainly in the Land Rover line, the LR3 was the first one with an air suspension, I believe. I don't think the Discovery 2 had no, I think air you're suspension. Right. Yeah. And this one was pretty trick in that you can raise and lower it just with a, a toggle mm. in the console. And if it detects being high-centered, it will extend itself to the maximum oh. height automatically to help you go over whatever obstacle you're going on. And this was all brand new for 2005, right? Right, so I have the first model year. That's of usually that. a good one to get. Yeah, that's Definitely, the one you want. Yeah. <laughs> and oddly enough, despite it being the newest vehicle that I own, 
it has the highest mileage out of all of them at 170,000 miles. So I had a similar thought process as you, though, Chris, where I was like, the miles are this high. They had to have replaced the air suspension at some point. Yeah. And... Probably and, dozens of times. But yeah, maybe even <laughs> dozens of times. And I also did get a PPI, not a post-purchase inspection, but mm-hmm. a pre-purchase inspection, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that concept. Neither yes. of us are. Neither yeah, of us are. no. Well. Um, and, and it had, they said the one of the O2 sensors needed to be replaced, and that was the only issue. And I was so, so amazed that on yeah. such a high-mileage uh, Land Rover of all yeah cars that, oh my goodness yeah yeah so i'm looking forward to getting back like, to portland and taking it directly off-road and oh, seeing man. what it can do and that's a really capable car uh of going off-road uh, just out of the box um right. how similar are they to the range rover of the time they share the exact same four-wheel drive system okay and they even share some of the engines. There was also okay. the Range Rover Supercharged, which had a lot more power. Yeah. But the non-supercharged Range Rover of the same model year had the same, and like, basically same everything, different yeah. box on top of the yeah. the it, chassis. Am I wrong? One, was this the one that had, like, a unibody and? Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. wait, yes. That's what I was about to ask. It's almost two chassis, like melded together right which apparently is really good for street driving and also off-road driving and it also it, it weighs yeah. like like six thousand pounds or <laughs> so, like something like that no it's like five thousand yeah. but it's it that hybrid construction means more weight mm-hmm. and two great chances to go great together yeah i mean like <laughs> which seems like uh bad for cars on air suspension like the celsius must weigh quite a bit i have no idea actually how much it weighs but like i do think about that sometimes that it's suspended in air basically and it's i mean there there's a strut inside but uh it that's a lot of pressure to be like just held in place and so your car the same way more so probably but um but I've always, I've always liked that body style. Like I've always thought that it was a really nice evolution, unlike the current generation, which is really like there are some really interesting by which I mean like bad design choices. The license plate, yeah, license, license plate, plate, for instance. Yeah, yeah, like like I loved the asymmetry of the Discovery. Oh, it's so one, brilliant. two, and the LR three. LR three is so and LR four so as well. And LR four, yeah. and then it. They wanted to keep with it, but then like all it is now, it's not like, it's not even a nod. It's just kind it's of like, like a half of an inch off. Yeah, like it just it just looks like an accident. I mean, it's there's not a thing. Good. We were both we were both designers. Yeah, and um, if, if you're gonna do something, like do it deliberately. And yeah. when you see the LR3 and the LR4, like there's such a reason for why it's asymmetrical. You've got the wiper. Like it is one of the most like form follows function. Yeah. design things on modern cars and it's so unique and it's like this utilitarian off-roader and you've got the wiper on this side so it's like oh the window is shaped different or at least yeah. the bezel around it is shaped different and the plates over here and then it's like on the discovery it's not it's the discovery and or discovery sport it's the discovery it's the no, discovery. It's discovery okay so, so it's the discovery yeah. and it's off by a quarter of an inch yeah. <laughs> yeah enough to look wrong but not enough to look intentional yeah it's not good, it's yeah, good one. frankly the modern design is it just 
I don't know. There's just something about the original Discovery yeah. oh, completely. one, two, three, four body style that was like, yeah. this is meant to go off road. And well, I think they achieved perfection when they designed the Velar and they said, we're going to take <laughs> a big holiday. I got to say, the like, interns are going to be allowed yep. to design the rest. And the Velar right now is that and the Range Rover Sport are the only two that I really like. Like, I don't like the new Range Rover, full size Range Rover, uh, or the current gen, I should say, because mm-hmm. it's been a few years old now, but. Uh, it just looks really big, and the old one, I actually kind of like that generation. Like it was kind of a semi-developed. It was bigger than the previous one, obviously, but mm-hmm. it had like nice proportions. Um, and it, it just looked like, as the British would say, like it just looked proper. Uh, if I may interject, yes. there was an LCI for 2018 on the Range Rover. <laughs> yes, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what trim. Yes, I think it's actually one of the lower ones you can get body colored like the little silver accents like the gills on the side the vents yeah and everything you can get that body color yeah and they and they cleaned up the exhaust so the exhaust like has little finishing things that look good and i saw a white one mm-hmm. i mean this was months mm-hmm. ago now but it looked really fantastic especially yeah. with everything body color it looked really good i think i still think the current range Rover looks uh, really good and they cleaned up the grill and it's just a lot of body for yeah, me well, like yeah. it is that's, what, that's, what, pe- that's yeah. what people that's what people want it's a, a pretty car it is. It's pretty. It's just that there's just so much. It's like yeah. a. It's like a Rolls Royce. It's just like there's so Are much you car. Even yeah. an American. <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> with my last name. Okay. Uh, but uh, but the Range Rover Sport currently, the current one, is I think the perfect sh- like form and shape for a big Range Rover. And then the Velar is a step down from that in terms of sh- size. But the Velar is probably the perfect design for that. SUV, so that rate, the I premium would, SUV. I would love to see that, like the its design principles, like applied to other things. Where it's like, it's so simple, it's so simple, but the surfacing is complex. But in this like taut, smooth way, there's not a million <laughs> creases and light catchers and things. Yeah, um, it makes it makes amazing. the Range Rover Sport look kind of boring honestly absolutely like, absolutely. I, I love the range rover sport I me think too it's great i looking. used to yeah the velar yeah. just makes all of them look very upright and yeah. big and and like oh you yeah know, like yeah. The Velars. it is it is kind of interesting like like range rover or land rover i should say is uh in the last i don't know 10 years with the updated models and then the new models is really good but there was kind of like a weird period in which it was a little play schooly mm-hmm. um and like with the Range Rover Sport, the first gen, uh, I liked that when it came out, and then it just that eroded. That likeness kind of eroded for me. Well, they did well, an LCI it, that made it worse, where the the, exactly. the bodywork kept yeah. getting lower and lower, and it like I saw one and it looked like a Cyan XB. Yeah, right. and they had they put these like five on the supercharged one at least. They put these five spoke twenty mm-hmm. twos or something insane yeah. like that on it, and even though nowadays that's just called a wheel, and <laughs> it was just a less uh, practical uh, discovery or LR three, yeah. yeah. Well, and that—that's the I, when I was first shopping for some off roader, I was hoping to find something that I could sleep in the back of, yeah. and I also wanted something really fast. Yeah. So my options were pretty slim. Yeah. It was like Range Rover Sport supercharged. Which is super fast and yeah. insane. A Raptor, which is like way too expensive yeah. for my budget, at least right now, and probably for the <laughs> <laughs> the foreseeable future. 
And there was the X5M, which I like, but it's not really an off-road vehicle. Yeah. So you can't, you know, it has the ground clearance, but it doesn't necessarily have the oh, man. And the that, four-wheel drive prowess yeah. that a, yeah. a Land Rover And this generation is, or like, that generation you were looking at, not the current generation, yeah. but the prior is... Not they are good. indistinguishable to me. I remember when a rival executive was like, oh, the X5, yes, it gets stuck in wet leaves. Right. <laughs> like a rival, you know, company that was coming out with an SUV. Yeah. I think it was when yeah. the Cayenne launched or yeah. something. So, so ultimately, I actually, last year, I went to the Land Rover dealership in Portland and test drove a Range Rover Sport, not mm -hmm. the current one, but the, the boxier mm -hmm. one that I, I think has a really great design until they started putting all the side skirts on it. And I test drove an, an LR4 because mm -hmm. they didn't have any LR3s. But more importantly, I test slept in them <laughs> at the dealership. And the Range Rover Sport, despite sharing the same wheelbase, four-wheel drive system, basically being the same length and yeah. height and everything as an LR3 or LR4, yeah. has about six inches fewer... Oh. Uh, shorter cargo length with the seats wow. down. So as a six foot three per person, I did not fit in that. Yeah. And then when I test slept the LR4, yeah, I did fit even with the tailgate closed and everything. I fit totally fine. So yeah. I knew then I was like, okay, I'll sacrifice the 500 horsepower V8, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't have yeah. anyway because it'd probably just be a maintenance nightmare. Yeah. And I focused more on the, you know, the more practical yeah. LR3, LR4. But LR4s cost three times more than LR3s. Yeah, That's what's crazy. They look they, the they same. Look, they look... The LR3 looks better the, in my opinion. Yeah, the LR... Or the, which one did you say? Well, the LR4 yeah. is like the luxury, yeah, exactly. luxed up version of the LR3. The LR3 yeah. was Land Rover's first foray into luxury in their own brand yeah it had always been right. the range it rover was a, that got all the luxury yeah it was like a translation of the range rover design language for now this for the masses so to speak uh and uh i really liked it when it came out i do like the lr4's interior like what because they they what they go through like dramatic changes in the same generation but the updates like the updated Range Rover of that era like the first one was not high quality or it was just it did not wear well and then the second generation like with the digital dashboard which was cheesy but um, but the interior they replaced all the materials and it looked really nice and like a 2010 still looks pretty modern by today's standards um, and then same for the LR4 I think um, they basically they did that kind of like bisecting like the waterfall like where it kind of bisected the uh, transmission tunnel. This is great audio content. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I'm making hand gestures if you might again kind of uh, gather from my, the whooshing <laughs> as it passes the microphone. Uh, but anyway, so well, you can of course look it up. Uh, yeah, I mean in the LR4 they switched from having the the traditional Prindle like mm. gear mm -hmm. shift the automatic to the knob is that what it's called the no, J -gate? no the so. J gate no that's only a Jaguar the, yeah well it's called Jaguar <laughs> engine <laughs> oh, yeah that's true. so and probably the, transmission yeah probably yes. yeah 
So they went from that having, you know, the handle that you that everyone's so used to, to having a, a little, wheel yeah, the evoke that's wheel. still Prindle, yeah. oh. but it's, yeah. it's just a not, it's almost like an it. iDrive. I've never heard PRNDL really? as a word. That's weird. It's I've really never, weird. I don't think I've ever said it out loud, but it yeah. just seems right. I said it in my head a lot. Yeah. This is a Prindle. But yeah, so it's a wheel and it rises out of the console oh, when you oh, that's really when Jaguar you then. turn on the car. So. Yeah, well that was also in like And that's it, it, it is in the Jaguar. So yeah, they, it's they the ZF like <laughs> 8 speed. Yeah. I right. think it's also in like every a, Chrysler. It's yeah. in every BMW. It's yeah. In, yeah. it's in every car that yeah. like wants to have a good transmission. Yeah. They all have the ZF mm-hmm. 8 speed. So Z. Uh but yes, okay. So yeah, so they took that and honestly, like, in automatics, I know this is kind of, like, a very timely discussion because uh, there was, a, like, a Jalopnik post today about, like, transmissions and, like, what are they for? Uh, but uh, also, at the same time, we've had this discussion before that, like, automatic transmissions now, like, it's all, like, by wire. So uh, what is the point of taking up space on the center console unless you have, like, some sort of manufacturing efficiency because you also have a manual model? Mm-hmm. But, like, otherwise... Do the Mercedes thing, like put it on the stock or put it as a knob. Although I'm kind of iffy on the knob thing, uh, especially in a notoriously yeah <laughs> yeah brand. electrics with a British car. You say, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, doesn't was it Aston Martin that had the push drive? Button. Yeah, yeah, the buttons to push select buttons. the gears. Lincoln had that too. It was a little yeah, weird. but it was a Lincoln's iffy. is like. For the spectacle that is like a push button transmission, like they. They style them like the radio buttons. They were exactly like radio buttons. Yeah, yes. like what is the point of that? If you're going to do something different, I'm listening well to call it out NPR Prindle edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, although the Mercedes one just looks like a wiper sock, which I'm almost certain that I have done that. Like... I'm just kidding. No Lincoln buyer listens to NPR. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Uh, I'd like to interject and just and just uh, talk for a moment about the trips that Daniel and I have driven mm. on because we oh. have yeah uh, we have driven. His M3 from Houston, Texas to Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. um, through like the Eastern Sierras and, you know, amazing, uh, not countryside, but amazing landscapes and um, had a really good time. And then, uh, and then in two years ago now, we went from, we went from Oregon down the coast to Monterey Car Week uh, when it was a BMW Mm -hmm. celebration. Um, And then, uh, and then we just did Pikes Peak. We didn't drive to it, but we did Pikes Peak. We yeah. drove, uh, and so that was kind of combining our uh, car. I mean, it was combining the car events with sort of parks and outdoors. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like the ultimate car adventures. I mean, like there's it's adventures in cars. Yeah, but I mean, it was like on all these on these previous trips, we would go through national parks and, yeah. and see things and and you know and get up, and then it's like, oh, this is like a park and a mountain, and we're at fourteen thousand feet, and it's a car jealous race. that. You have, you both have the patience for like road trippage, which <laughs> I do not like. I nearly die driving to Austin, which is 150 miles away. Like, I just like I pull over like 10 times. I take a nap. It takes four days to get there. <laughs> uh, so this is my hesitance in buying a car and driving it back. So just have us do it. We're pros. Yeah. It's also it's also worth noting that Kevin wrote articles for each of these trips that's that true. we did. Yeah, so that's true. Road there's and or track. Yeah, yeah road ampersand track. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. a, I think it's a small online outlet mm-hmm. that 
It's um, like the green sheet. It's the penny savers. Yeah. Right. Right. It yeah. brings buyers for this. Yeah. And then in car. in um, Petro Delicious is that the name of the oh that's right other one. one yeah for the E46 M3 Cabrio might be the perfect road trip companion. <laughs> My goodness. Was that, in that was that was that in the Petrolicious? Was that yeah. the Monterey trip? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You all should scroll back in both of their Instagrams, uh, <laughs> Caption Machine and D Sloven, uh, because there are some fantastic photos from some of these road trips, and the car looks great. We so. have hashtags for the road trips, oh, but if I right. tried to say them out loud, <laughs> no one would ever find what they are. So yeah, yeah, we'd have to censor them. They're a little explicit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, like honestly, like oh man. It, you know, you talk about the romance in these road trips, etc. And it's a we prefer to say a bromance. Sorry, yeah, the sexual nature of such things. Uh, but it looked, I mean, it looked so like even looking at an open convertible top in a snowbank looked so cool. Like it didn't make any sense. Like why anyone would ever do that? But like it was perfect. Like it looked good and cool and like. Makes you want to do that if you could just like transport yourself there and not have to drive 19 hours. So it's it's for me the from the day I bought that M3. Yeah. I that it was my let's see one two three it was my fifth BMW. I had yeah. three E30s prior and the E39 530 Sport that I yeah. mentioned earlier. And I always loved road trips. I always had to do them live being from Tulsa, Oklahoma and going to school in Portland. I was driving back and forth for summers and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But there is something about the M3 that just made me want to always drive any yeah. chance I could get. And it was to the point where I stopped watching sports on yeah. the weekend because I would have rather been driving. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted to push myself to go farther and see more and more places and as a photographer Mm -hmm. also just photographing Mm -hmm. not just photographing nature but photographing my beloved car in front of your companion my companion yeah um so it's funny how just having the right like if people are wondering like how how do you even you chris you're like how like how can you have the patience to go that far? It's like not even a question for me. It's like, just say when and we'll do this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, you and like, like say, uh, Bradley Brownell, like who will travel for just a thousand miles for a weekend. Uh, like that sense of, adventure like long distance long distance adventure i don't know maybe it's because like i don't like being alone with my own thoughts and that's why like i don't want to like just i enjoy driving um i love driving i will go like in an evening when i'm just bored or i'll just get an inch or an itch to go and just drive and even even if it's just a city drive or i just drive as far as like my patience will take me like i do yearn for that the long distance just kind of like cruising is not like for me it's like when i it's quiet or you're listening to something it doesn't matter like it's a straight road and you're just going i do i i get a little bit uneasy or just impatient and so Mm -hmm. 
That's me. Although, I mean, obviously with good people, it's different. But when you're by yourself, when I'm by myself, and there are certainly some therapy issues here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've not yet been able to do that enjoyably personally. No, hang, hanging out with Daniel like changed. I mean, it changed. Like when I, I, I used to have a, a Boxster S and I knew it wasn't the car I wanted to keep forever. So mm -hmm. I was always kind of worried about keeping the miles off of it. Mm -hmm. Um which sucks. It basically like ruins your enjoyment of the car. Yeah. And, and it was your only car at the time. Yeah, it was my only car. And so I just would always kind of hesitate. And like, it was expensive to fix. And I was, my heart wasn't really into it to like repeatedly fix yeah. things. It was, it was fine. But I, I didn't love like racking up miles on it. And seeing like Daniel, you know, and experiencing like driving huge distances and just like, yeah putting yourself in places that you otherwise would never be yeah. and never be able to drive. And it's like, oh, I could go, I could go to the middle, I could go to Death and, Valley and rent a Fusion, but it would suck. Like it's yeah. way more special in your own car yeah. and in a car I, that means something and it has performance to exploit. I, I would love to reach a million miles in oh, my M3. I don't, I, at the rate I'm going with buying other things, I don't yeah. know if I'll make it there, but... <laughs> yeah. I would. And really at the rate you're going that. with walking around your city, come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Puzzle some gas. That was your mistake Jeez. being Lots a walkable walk city. In yeah. In terms of having one car to do it all, mm -hmm. I can safely say that I would have been content with just the E46 M3 forever. You also like, live in a place where you don't necessarily need air conditioning. Not that your car doesn't have air conditioning, but some of us. Yeah, you, yeah can... you don't you don't need air conditioning as frequently in Portland as you do in Houston. Which freaks me out when I visit and houses don't have AC right. there. Entire houses yeah. do not have AC in, in Portland. Most of them do not, in fact. Um, but I, I had the car for five and a half years and happily drove it every day for every purpose, yeah. for commuting, sure. for road trips, for sporty driving. I think that sums up the ethos of bmw or at yeah. least what i think the ethos should yeah, be sure for bmw it's an everyday it's a... i thought the ethos was carbon core well that's why it was branded <laughs> on the 7 series i looked at so we don't recognize uh, bmws after i don't know what was the last one 2000 well, bmw stopped existing 2012 what was the last e90 that one yeah 2013 yeah. then last hydraulic steering power or like yeah. uh like yeah that so okay so uh, before the e90s so 2004 well so yeah uh, there's, there's this practicality to it and and then also just looking at the numbers i remember when the you know whether it's the new the um, e90 335 or like the 135 or the the 135 is or the m2 even yeah you look at the numbers on paper and they have basically the same amount of horsepower as an E46 M3. Yeah. With turbos. Yeah. And that's a whole and that, electric steering. Man, that's a discussion for another day too. Just like where cars are going. I mean, like, it's an old man discussion, but where cars are going nowadays where it's like I'm the oldest man. Yes. Uh where you just you know, you don't need all of this horsepower. Like and like honestly, there was kind of like I mean, this is a very bad statement, but like there was a peak, like where you could, where the physicality of what a car could achieve with the horsepower and then enjoyment on the road. Uh, I mean, on the track is another thing, um, but 
we've kind of surpassed this a lot in these cars that, you know, you go past like 400 horsepower. It's like, what are you going to really use this? Like, are you really enjoying this? Like, yeah, it's a party, like a party trick, etc. But anyways. Hang on, Ralph Nader. Could we maybe okay. um, All right. talk about the hot cars thing? Because I think that's a, okay. a broader yeah. discussion. But yeah. just on the last, on the last show, I mentioned the hot cars trademark binder system. <laughs> And I was I was kind of speaking off the cuff because mm-hmm. Chris had provided one of these examples, and I was I was mm-hmm. just sort of talking uh, about how it, yeah it arrived in the mail, and I don't remember signing up for it, and yep. yeah they kept sending me inserts, and then they sent me like a collection notice, and I didn't take it seriously because my yeah. mom was like oh we don't have to take this seriously, yeah. so um, I think I relayed that. And Daniel said that happened to me too, and I think it happened to everyone. And I'm, my two theories are: if you had a car magazine subscription, yeah, they sent this to you. Or my other theory, which I like better, is like when you're when you're 18 year old boy and Gillette <laughs> 18. When you were 18, 18 when no, this happened? No, no, no. I was Tried like 16, 11. No, I was 16. <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm saying when you're a, when you're 18 and Gillette sends you a Mach 3 Razor. That happened to like everyone I knew. Really? Well, you haven't turned eighteen yet, Chris. Yeah, you will get no. facial hair one day. I've but nearly grown some facial hair. Everyone I knew, Gillette sent them a Mach three razor when they turned eighteen. Yeah. If you're a, a man, a and boy, Old Spice, or Old Spice also sends you. A I didn't get any of that. Beer. I yeah. I don't believe in deodorant. Yeah. But um, so like I wonder if the hot cars. If you're a boy that turns fourteen, if they just send you, oh, this guy needs a hot car album. <laughs> And he'll sign up for the rest. But I think their model was like the Columbia House Records. Where it's like you get 12 records for Here's 99 the thing is, cents. I never received any of these hot car sheets. And then how did you have I, that one last episode? We didn't imagine that. No, I, I, I don't know how I have that. But like, here's the other thing is that like, I should have been on about a million mailing lists because I was the, I was the stupid idiot who in like my car and drivers, I would look at the ads and there's a number there. And this, yeah... Numbers before websites. Um, I would call up with, like, my current voice, which is high pitched and sounds like a thirteen year old. Uh, would like ask for brochures, and they would send them to me, and that's how I had my like car brochure collection as a kid. And I remember being denied several times because I sounded like a kid asking, like, "Hey, can you send me this brochure for Mazda Millennia?" And <laughs> literally, I remember them. Mickey actually, Mouse was in the studio. Yeah. I remember the uh, Mazda Millennia, the or Mazda, the whoever it was that answered was like, uh, "How old are you?" Like, okay, is this your parents or something? And I said yes, and they never sent it to me, and I was really upset because I really wanted that first gen, uh, oh well, the only gen, but the pre LCI Mazda Millennia brochure with the Miller cycle, the two and a half liter Miller uh, cycle. It was a 2.3. Fine. Uh, and um, yeah, I never received it. We but had, we in my family, we had the LCI Millennia. Yeah, yeah. You got the... With the 2.5 The stupid cycle. clear headlights. I don't like that. They all uh, had clear headlights. No, the first one had like the, um, the glass headlights, not the uh, plastic ones. The LCI had the plastic ones. But they were all clear. I mean, all headlights are clear, I guess, if you want to be an idiot. Hence my confusion. All right, fine. Uh, um, anyways, so okay, I think there's, we diverged. Uh, did you have anything to add about hot cars? Well, just the fact that someone else shared my experience yeah. of, of having the, the hot the, cars the, the binder. Yeah. Like, the, you, it's hard to paint this 
picture in audio, but you're sent this ultra high quality three ring binder in the mail suddenly question the ultra high quality carry on with (laughs) with a smattering of cars across different car genres so Mm -hmm. there are some classic cars there's like concept cars the concepts Mm -hmm. the modern ones the the supercars etc and the idea was just because I know no one is gonna know actually what we're talking no, about. No, I think I think I think everyone in this age group knows what we're talking about, and we're gonna post a link okay. in the we'll, notes. We'll to, see. We'll see. Yeah, I, the full binder set was like twelve binders. Yeah, right. it was like four or five hundred inserts. Yeah, yeah, but I think I received more inserts in the mail over time. Without I think asking. I got two or three rounds, yeah. and then the collector's collection notice came. <laughs> right, right. And I remember showing it to my mom, and I was like, I never asked for this. I was yeah. 12, I think, at that uh-huh. time in yeah. 99. And as my, I was my E38 was, <laughs> as my E38 was rolling off the production yep. line, yep. Um, and I had just seen Tomorrow Never Dies as well, yeah. and, and was cemented. I cemented my E38 fantasy at yeah. that time. Oh you know, um, yeah! If I mean, oh my god! You have to buy the Nokia phone that he like that he drives controlled the, the car, car with. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was so cool. Did you know it was even despite being badged as a 750 IL in the movie, it was actually a 735. What? what? It was a that Euro they, thing. It was a Euro. What? Yeah, 735. Mind blown. And or maybe even a 730 that they put the M parallels on to make it look like uh, a 750 sport. I can't believe. And I bet the studio sold that car that now has aftermarket black kidneys. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Yeah. When Okay, so when we were at uh, BMW, I'm just going to say BMW North Houston, we were there last yeah. week yeah. buying your car and I told yeah. you it used to be called Charlie Thomas Intercontinental BMW yeah. and I didn't, I didn't continue telling but that was where my father took his five series for service and so we got an invitation to the world is not enough yeah like a like a preview screening oh wow and featuring they, the Z8, the Z8, yeah. the Z8 for our Boy, British he really listeners. upgraded, didn't he? He started with the Z3 and yeah. went all the way up to the still like hundred and twenty thousand dollar Z8. Charlie Thomas he didn't even guy. drive the Z3; it was driven by oh, that's uh, true. Natalia, yeah, that's right. Well, oh so God. Charlie Thomas, this guy who means nothing to you and yes. you are just hearing about in the last thirty seconds, he was sitting in the row behind me. Oh yeah. my God, it was um, a pretty big deal. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that North Houston existed until twenty. 17 so it's very far mm-hmm. um and i had to drive there twice uh recently anyways one um, of those times was with me yeah anyways so periodical time uh kevin won't you pull out that uh jiggles magazine that you have here oh i oh, see it's jiggling okay so I kind of screwed up. Yes. I bought something yes. on the eBay from Ooh, the UK. How are we so synchronized? I'm going to tell you why in a, a second, but go on. Well, so the thing that I bought originally, mm-hmm. they both are, I bought two things. They arrived today. Mm-hmm. One of them, I was like, this is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. And I thought I had done my due diligence because it it was a good price. Normally, this type of thing went for like, 15 or 20 or 45 dollars and i was like uh and i found one for cheaper and i was like i'm gonna jump on it and it's 15 pages so i'm like it's the brochure it's not just there's a lot of things on ebay brochure wise where it's like it's just a a 
folded card basically like a yeah. four pager where it's like oh this is a little like pre-teaser yeah so i bought this thing 15 or 16 pages yeah not exactly what i wanted it is literally a price list but it is a price oh. list for the e46 compact oh my god Ooh. which wait you pull that out of the r uh, sorry yeah. this rx7 brochure yeah. that you have here yeah. as well, a guise i'm still going to talk about the rx7 brochure, yeah. but this is literally a price list Oh, That's wow, look at that. The forbidden fruit. A dollar. We never Wait, received. Oh, yeah. We'd never see that because it looked terrible. Um, terribly grid. Terribly great. No, it looks so bad. Have yeah. you seen the headlights on that? Yes, I have. You cannot see them. There's not literally, there's there's literally, literally not a picture yeah, of the headlights. Even the manufacturer has they not shown. They wouldn't be able shown. to sell any if <laughs> they showed the headlights. This is from, doesn't say a year. Yeah. Uh, Boy, that's important. Someone like spent money to bring that overseas. This is late. This is this is actually this was from the UK. It came from the UK. I bought the My wrong thing from the UK. Goodness. But um, I also have a 1991 RX7 brochure. This is the. That's a good brochure. Right. That's very fitting of you because you love RX7. I love RX7s. I'm not as much of a. I won't say expert. I'm not as much of a connoisseur of the second gen RX7. I love the second gen, um, but this is the LCI second gen, which was truly gorgeous because. The earlier ones had a lot of like black trim and they yeah. could look cool, but the the LCI just it had the like I won't say angrier front end, but um, no, that's good. Look at that front end. That's like really front, good. The front has this like it's gaping, a wedgie, the gaping maw, and then yeah. a lip spoiler, and all the little accents are body colored. Yeah. That's a good um, wedge. Also, like, you can see the illustration of the Turbo Two engine. Yeah. This was the Turbo Two. It was so you called it a Turbo Two, despite the fact there was no Turbo One because no. the Turbo One was only Japan market yeah. on the uh, earlier, you know, the first generation RX Seven. I have a memory of this car, and it was that my seventh grade like English teacher had a convertible, a white convertible RX Seven of this generation, and. Uh, what I associate yes. with this is that oh it looks very and then it, it was kind of so, like that yeah this looks so good in white so my memory association uh, association with this car and her was remember seeing her in very cartoon like form uh, tell, saying that she needed to take a bathroom break and so she left the classroom and then we saw her walk outside of the school like through the window to the convenience store and buy a six pack of beer <laughs> drink Whoa. one at her car and then come back in. <laughs> Look at this. She had to take this, a break. Look at oh. this photo of the car. Like we were bad children. I love this picture. What focal length do you think they used for that photo? Uh, I would say like one, two, or four hundred. Oh yeah, at least at yeah. least four hundred. Oh wow, yeah, and they shot that like they, there's that is like uh, closed aperture. That's what we would call a tumbler road. Yeah, uh, it's it really is. Oh then, right. So feel the texture of this. This is like what I would have printed a resume on when oh, I was sixteen my goodness. years old. Is this linen? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Lynn is like the bane of like any graphic designer's uh, existence currently. Yeah. So find this photo quality looks so good. Just yeah. for, for all of our, what is it now? Up to several hundred thousand listeners. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just so you know what we're looking at. The, we'll post a picture. The outer cover. your phone to touch screen. That's, yeah. That's true. Especially if you have an iPhone with 3D touch. But the outer cover of this 1991 RX7 Oh, yeah, brochure is yeah i don't even think you mentioned it's an rx7 but i did it oh, was okay all right led up to um it it feels i don't even know how to describe this it's to like me, it, have you ever seen the constitution <laughs> it's made of that paper they printed this on probably the constitution. thicker and higher quality and this is yeah yeah and with 
less uh, traumatic this effects a, for our country over generations. But that's... <laughs> this might have a map on the back. Hey, is there one for you? Um, oh, God. Okay, well, I'll keep talking let's, about Why this. don't we talk about the 3 Series Compact Please here. do. So on your last episode, episode 4, mm-hmm. you mentioned the 318 Ti Compact of the E36 generation. That was two episodes ago, but yeah. Oh, two episodes. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Um, that would have been the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. Was that still called an three E36? Series. It, was, it was called the E36, yeah. Okay. And... Then, and that was available in the U.S., in North America, I should say. Yes. But it didn't really sell very well. So for the E46 compact, like this was BMW's idea of how can we make a smaller car before introducing a 1 Series or something like that. And I remember the weird thing was like, the E46 was introduced in 1998 Mm -hmm. as a 98 model, I think. Or, or 99 model? Something like that. And, and, yeah. and the compact wasn't till like 2002. Like it was years later. Like it was it was much later. And then when it came out, it was radically different. It had different fascia, different grille, different bumpers. Obviously the rear was different. Yeah, yeah. and they didn't even try to sell it in North America no. at all. Because they just knew like people didn't want that. And th- this was actually at the same time that Mercedes had the C230 compressor compressor coupe which i think stands as yeah. one of the ugliest mercedes yeah it was ever good. made why okay first of all like i don't understand why they had to try to make them different because it was basically like they took the front clip but like altered both of them but the current generation actually if you look at and i don't know if this is actually factually accurate but the current uh hatchback version of the c-class or maybe it was the previous gen mm-hmm looks just like it has the front clip of the sedan and coupe uh why didn't they just do that because the did you say i sorry i stepped away to the restroom but uh did you say that you disliked or liked the who's that masculine man that just stepped in right now uh e36 um the ti i i like the e36 compact i don't think it's as pretty as a standard e36 coupe or sedan yeah and it has like a Almost like an E30 interior, which is interesting. And suspension. Yeah, yeah, the rear, oh, yeah, the rear, rear right. semi rear, rear trailing arm yeah. suspension of the E30. But the the funny thing to me is, you had Mercedes and BMW trying to have these down market models yeah. that were two door. Yeah. And because two door was cool, that was like cool. what meant sporty. Yeah. But also. The people who would be buying into this price point yeah. are likely looking for more practicality. Yeah, and so ultimately, you you know these didn't sell very well. The C two thirty compressor Man. coupe didn't sell very well because the four door. First of all, that C two thirty compressor, I think, was a really attractive sedan. Yeah, in sedan form. I did. It was the two o two, I think, and. Uh, four four cylinder supercharged, yeah. 190 horsepower, and six kind of, speed. Kevin, I think, disagrees with this because that would be the generation. That'd be the generation of the E class that you hate. No, this we're talking C class. I know, C-class. but uh, it was the same generation of that. So of that era, rather. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, E-class. so it was just kind of like the like the new millennium kind of right. like 
puffy. Like but I kind of liked it. Oh three. Yeah. I think. Like the C forty six at the time. I think it was the C forty three. Okay, C forty three at the time. I thought it was kind of a cool car. Like, and it's still kind of. Oh no, it was a C fifty five. Are you talking? Well, in, yeah. Sorry, in that body style would have been the C fifty five. C fifty five. No, C thirty two. Was it? Because it had the supercharged V V six. Ah. <laughs> Oh, right. Right. I sold something. I sold something on Craigslist to someone. He showed up at my house in a C two thirty compressor. Okay, uh, I hatchback. loved the the square bodied C thirty two, C thirty two, and C thirty six, and C C four C thirty. Oh God damn it! Okay, well you said C forty six, C thirty six, definitely and C43. not. <laughs> definitely no, no, no. Not sorry, not. it's a C forty six M three. Okay, okay, I'm correcting here. It is a so that square body model was a C thirty six. And yes. a C forty three, so you could get. Um, and the C thirty two is the is what you're thinking of yes. in the yes in that body style yeah that we originally yeah. were referencing. So back onto the peri- now that we've lost everyone. I know yeah. uh, onto the periodical. Back to the peri- periodicals, I should say. Do uh, you want to go that route, or you want to see what? Um, I like last minute fished out here for this whole purpose. Okay, all right, buddy. What's funny? Okay, so just sorry before we jump straight back into the periodicals. The C thirty two. We're talking o three o four o five ish. This was the Mercedes answer to the E forty six M three basically, but they had it in four door form. Yeah. yeah. So it's a supercharged V six. Oh man. I think it was about a three hundred and fifty horsepower. Yeah. So it had a little bit more power than. The E46 M3. There was no. Well, I guess the CLK was technically um, a C-class coupe, but it was uh, an E-class. No, it was a C-class. Oh, I can't remember. It was a C-class. Well, it started with C, chassis. but oh, I guess it was a C chassis, but it had the E styling for all that. But time. I know what you yeah, mean, though. Yeah. yeah, because they did. They did the sedan, and if only BMW had done a sedan uh, or a sedan. Oh. There was a but, CLK but, but 55, think... right? Yeah, no, it was yeah. a C-class. Technically. But when when you fast forward to today, this is my point. Yeah. You fast forward today, literally no one ever, 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 ever talks about the stupid automatic C thirty two AMG. Yeah. No. That Mercedes put Weird. out, or the SLK thirty two AMG, that was also concurrent with this, those. Yeah. Because they're just. They were just like, yeah, the whatever AMG car at the that time. Was, those were experimental because, uh, I mean, I'm saying this is off the cuff or unsubstantiated. but All of this has been scripted up until this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, now. <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, like, because, you know, you had the, at the time, the S55. Um, and that was like, you know, big bruiser sedan. And but, the E55. And the E55. And so this was kind of like experiment and shoving a... Huge or big engine, although uh, the I guess the C32 was it's a V6, it was a V6, supercharged yeah, V6. Super, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the C43 so, so was shoving the same engine it already had, yeah, but the C43 was not that it was a V8. Um, what did you bring, Chris? So, Kevin, in the Japanese realm, uh, as you brought the RX7 brochure, I've brought along um, what you've already seen, perhaps, but this is my uh. Launch year Lexus ES three hundred brochure. Ooh. Yeah, it's like it's worn and dog eared. Like you, yeah. like took this to bed. I in have with flashlights like and everything. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, I actually think this car is really cool. Even though it's a front wheel drive rebadged Toyota Windham, 
and it had bits from the Camry here at the time, but this is the quad light first gen. Oh no, I think they look yes three hundred. I think they're really cool. This is a cool, cool car, and it came with a stick. It came with a uh, five speed uh, configuration just so that they can meet their marketing um, sell, meaning that they you know they sold the car at like twenty six thousand dollars something like that at the time, and the only way they could reach that number was by selling an absolute base model with a stick and cloth seats, uh, which had to be factory ordered. So we're looking at a brochure for the Lexus ES300 1992, first year, model year for it. Uh, they had the ES250, but that was a literal, literally rebadged uh, Toyota Camry when Lexus uh, launched. But look at this. This looks really good with these uh, three He's split so distracted. He's not even talking anywhere near the microphone. No, I'm like turned around because I'm trying to show. It I'm is, trying to show the class here. This the, looks like your Celsius after the detailing. Like yeah, it's like liquid that. glass. Yeah, black. Everything about it was kind of really nice. Like it was you really think those well wheels thought out. Will fit on a Prius. Was it five lug? Uh, yeah, it's five like lug. a real car. It's five lug. Yeah, like a real car. And I, I remember when those came out. I mean, they. I think. They're just one of the. It's not quite as timeless as like an Acura Legend. Right. Yeah, I agree. But really, we all thought he was going to say BMW. Also, <laughs> none of these exist today. Like, when was the last time you actually saw one on the road? Well, you wouldn't ever see one in anywhere near respectable condition. Yeah, no one has kept these for sure. And those, like those headlights were really cool. Like yeah, the quad quad projectors. Mm -hmm. Like if you had two, you felt lucky, and this had four. Uh, and so that really did contribute to the. I love this like turn signal spread. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, look at this like turn signal. It like it's like a full page picture of a turn signal. But that looked good. Look at this, the straight lines. Man, they really loved small curves. caps back then. Oh yeah, did we're talking about the typography. The yeah, uh, the Lexus. Um, yeah, the type. Look how look how like leaded out this is. Yeah. Uh, compared to the size of the font, and this uh, had fifty five. This had 55. a what a, a three liter three back liter? when numbers meant something. Yeah. Three liter V six. Three liter V six. With what a hundred and ninety five horsepower? No, Not even. That's, that's ambitious. I would say one seventy five. That's ambitious. Let's well, find out. Let's let's find out. Let's find out. I have literature here. It is let's worth noting out. while Chris is looking up the exact numbers of horsepower for the ES three hundred from nineteen ninety two. My first car was not a BMW. What? It was a 1993 Nissan Maxima SE. Oh, oh, that was a V6. That was a dual overhead cam V6. Yeah, the they v all, they all, no, the it was not, v no, it was, it was, was not a VQ. Oh, okay. They all came in V6s, which was the amazing thing at that time. Yes, and it had 190 horsepower oh. out of a three liter V6. And that generation, Went that from was, like eighty nine to ninety three. That was a really good and one hundred and ninety horsepower. Huh? Yeah, the VQ came after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And both of those generations of Maxima, I think, were really Wait, great. What, what year did you say? Mine was a ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. So that that's the boxy gen mm -hmm. where yeah, all engines were V sixes, three liter V sixes. Yeah. And that was a really that was the last good gen. Yeah. There was the GXE. I think was yeah. the base model, yeah. and it had a hundred and sixty horsepower. Yeah. And the SE had shadow line trim, if I may Ooh, use yeah. the BMW <laughs> terminology. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And Man. 
Those were cool. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But it was, it was my first car. I honestly didn't deserve it as a 16-year-old yeah. and only had it for a year before I spun out into a ditch, into a did telephone you, like, pole. Did you uh, understeer into that I didn't, pole? I didn't. The weird thing was I drove like such a shithead <laughs> constantly yeah. in that car. And... When the time when I actually crashed it was me doing the speed limit, it was raining, and it was in the summer, so it was one of those things where it doesn't rain for a while, mm-hmm. and then like the road is oily. I was going down the one curvy road in Tulsa, yeah, and seriously, to this day, I will stand by the fact that I was not speeding for once, yeah, and the back end just came loose and like it spun out and then went backwards into this ditch. And it just so happened that the point at which I entered the ditch, there was also a telephone pole. So the the rear of the car was dented in a perfect V shape. (laughs) So like the trunk, I had to bungee cord close the trunk and the front, because I went into a ditch, the front of the car was also damaged. I think, a belt or two broke off or yeah. something like that and we ended up selling it for like five hundred dollars oh my god it was it was like i said i didn't deserve it at the time because yeah. it was in excellent condition and um it was a one owner car before i got it wow so i you know. live forever in the two owner car yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we oh. wrap up by way of giving daniel sorry having daniel evaluate a periodical kevin Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, what is it? Wow. Well, it says Land Rover on the outside, <laughs> so I could only assume that it is a, a Freelander. A 2005 LR3. Oh, I was well, really we hoping we were not that good. We're not that good. We wanted it to be a Freelander. Was it this just though. purchased on the internet for my perusal? It was, but not. it's, it's not like it arrived today. Okay. Daniel is very carefully opening it. Uh, well, this is an antique uh, book that I'm opening. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed, it is. Look at that. A 2005 LR3 brochure yeah. that looks almost identical to mine. So except that's not lifted, bro. Except yeah. it's not lifted, bro, and. The previous owner of mine also changed the grill also, to, for some reason, and for your some wheels reason, are your wheels are plasti dipped. <laughs> yes, and and my wheels are powder coated. Oh, pardon me. Yes, slightly darker silver <laughs> again for some reason. Um, so what's the what's the prompt as I nothing just uh, oh just I what do you see this. what do you see? Cool. Tell the no pressure. People, yeah, you saw us as they literally cannot see it currently. Well, what's what's interesting to think about is the type of person that would be looking at this mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. So let's say, the end of two thousand four. Oh yeah, and <laughs> so the the very the very first word that that appears when you open the book is unique. Which these days an LR three is not very unique, and thankfully because I have, you're gonna need a lot of spare parts. 
I'm going to need a lot of spare parts. And I also have benefited from its ubiquitousness yeah. in Look. that it's depreciated yeah. insanely. Look how level that sits as if like it were never going to kneel to one side or the other. That's true. Yeah. And of they course, the, yeah. the pre-LCI LR3 <laughs> yeah. had the... The dark gray plastic oh, yeah, look at fender that. arches, which no, that looks so good. It makes it look a little bit like a toy, but it also makes yeah. it look more purpose built. I do like that because the color. When it, whenever car manufacturers like start with um, plastic cladding, bare plastic cladding, and then go to color key, it looks so bad. Right, and that's exactly what Land Rover this. did on the LR3. Yeah. And, this, and this is like made for driving yeah. and getting scraped with, you oh, know, man. like. Exactly. The man, like, if you're gonna have a serious SUV, like especially this, or even like a Land Cruiser, where they like started to color key the uh, fender flares and all the bits, like it just it looks it looks a little bit silly. But when you put matte, not matte, but like just bare plastic or bare metal or whatever, oh, well, bare plastic, I guess, bits on it, it lo does look good. Looks if you do find the displacement of your V8, please let us know. It's a four liter. I, I'm almost certain it's a four liter. We'll we'll find out soon. Yeah. So far, there has not been a single. Oh well, I spoke too soon. About halfway into the brochure is the first photo of oh yeah the Land Rover uh, actually off road. Whoa! Ooh. It's in a field. The rest of them were in a studio. Yes. Yep. Yes, indeed. Is that a um, tumbleweed? My God. The. You can tell throughout this they're really trying to class up the LR3 as more of a luxury yeah. vehicle. Well, it has the tan leather. Mine has, uh, it has black leather, which that was one of my requirements. I yeah. didn't want tan. Tan is bad. It, it would just get dirty, too, yeah. if I'm yeah. like in the mud and yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have tan in that I have tan now. Yeah. <laughs> I do have the third row seating, which yeah. I will, I'm sure, never, ever, ever yeah. use. Do they fold up like Land Cruiser style, like jump seats? Does it have stow and go? No, they, they fold up and face the same the correct forward direction okay so they are they are pretty thin and narrow but okay. they you know could yeah. accommodate a, a normal size person yeah yeah harman kardon premium audio yeah. uh, i think the one that i got has yeah. the updated harman kardon yeah. is I'm it a logic sure. 7 thing does it say it does say it's logic 7 you know um, that on my e90 one of the like very expensive parts to replace was the Logic 7 amplifier, which is prone to failure. <laughs> and it's like, even used on eBay, they're like $500, which is stupid. When Chris tells you that he had experience with a thing that broke, and that you have that thing, it's a prophecy, because he told me it's he a prophecy. $750 on his headlights, yeah. when, on his Prius, which I have now done. Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, the I do not have the Logic 7 version of the audio which is fine because and i'll probably take the land rover to an audio yeah. shop to have them upgrade it, it. it logic 7 doesn't sound that good anyways this looks like this look, looks like badlands in south dakota but Ooh. it's probably somewhere in like africa or something yeah another off-road shot yeah. um it's very off-roady this brochure yeah the lr3 has 300 horsepower oh from from a 32 valve v8 with the capacity or displacement of 
Four point four. Whoa! Meters. Oh, I you knew it. Four point four. Okay, sorry. I well, it one like one of the many numbers that I threw out oh. was one was four point four, which is a BMW number. But uh, yeah. I don't know if it's is this is the it, same. Is this is it a, a BMW Jag or a BMW? No, this it, even despite sharing the same displacement as the M sixty two B forty four, which oh, was in the <laughs> the Range Rover. Yeah, well, it's been a good show. Good, good night, everybody. <laughs> Um, this one, no, it does have the Jag Jaguar engine, although okay. it doesn't explicitly say that. Because there was when, when the when the radically new style Range Rover launched in like two thousand one or two mm-hmm. two thousand two. Yeah, it had a BMW. That's right. The, yeah, the M sixty two B forty four. It was which, heavily uh, BMW. It's the same, the same yeah. one that's in the E thirty eight seven forty. Yeah. The same yeah. one that's in the E thirty nine five forty. And yeah, so um, anyway, four point four liters. Five terrain response Ooh. controls. Do you have all the the terrain response options? Yeah, yeah. switches. Yeah, the thing. I, okay. That was standard. That Ooh, was standard. My goodness, I look forward to driving in yeah. the uh, Snow sand. sand. Yeah, <laughs> and amazing. What can I say? Oh, they have a picture of it next to a Freelander and the <laughs> Range Rover. Hey, look at that Ford Escape. In some generic looking city yeah. i'm not really sure where that actually was. i don't know if the freelander was it a ford escape based car it I believe sure it was. looks like yeah one. <laughs> yeah I, it was. I remember that that was wait that was their full lineup that was their full that lineup. was Look all at that. land rover and range rover yeah can you imagine wow man yeah that is good anyways Gentlemen, we're coming up on a an hour and a half here so wow. uh bonus episode i know we don't even, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, okay, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. This Thanks was for a me. pleasure. Thank you for listening to New for 96. 96. Oh, well, Daniel, we had prompted him to say Noi for 96 to oh. be really annoying, but. Uh, well, Neue oh, für 96. Ah, there you have it. Amazing. Ach du Lieber. Uh, yeah. Okay. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> <laughs>